All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the You Made New podcast. This is JC. Um, this is episode seven, and I really am hoping that you have episode six fresh in your mind because this really is going to be a part two to that one. So if you haven't, go listen to six. It, it, it will make much more sense that way. <laughs> I I didn't originally set out for these this to be a two-part, but we talked about some things that just kept rolling in my brain. So I'm actually recording these back to back. I, I just think we need to continue with some of these verses um, to kind of finish the discussion. So I hope you're open for that. Again, grab your scriptures if, if you want to follow along with me. We're going to be in Jeremiah 17 again and then go some other places. But like I said at the end of the last episode, what we really need to do is spend some time with the last phrase that describes that tree. And how it will not cease from yielding fruit. I like how we talked about um, this tree's response to adversity. And how the heat and the drought come. And it doesn't even affect the tree. But the second half of the description says that the tree not only is resistant to adversity. But it also is incredibly productive in in producing fruit. In... um, having this effect on the world and and seeing results in the life that are real, just like fruit is real when you see it hanging on the tree. What is this fruit that we won't cease to produce when we are abiding in Christ? What is it? What does it look like? And how will we know we've arrived maybe at that, at that place? I had a little fun um, with that same phrase, again, looking up other translations Um, Because the King James says, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The message says, bearing fresh fruit every season. Isn't that beautiful? The ESV, very similar, does not cease to bear fruit. And the NLT, I like, I like theirs. uh, Never stop. Never stop producing fruit. So it, look at, look at the application of this for our lives. We're not going in, in spurts where we have very productive, fruit-filled days, and then days where we're just a mess. (laughs) When we are anchored in Christ, like this tree is anchored in the river, we will never stop producing fruit. It will be perpetual and continuous from day to day, from moment to moment. Um, Again, what what kind of fruit? What my brain went to first, and where we're going to spend a little bit of time, is the list in Galatians 5 where Paul talks about the fruit of the spirit. He uses the very same word. He uses a fruit as his analogy. And so if there's fruit that we're not ever going to cease producing, wouldn't it make sense that it's the fruit of the spirit? It's this list that Paul gives us in Galatians chapter five. Now you probably again know this verse well, but Paul talks about it very specifically in verse five, excuse me, um, chapter 20, chapter five, verse 22 there. I'll get it. He says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Those are the ones that he highlights. And oh, couldn't we do with a little bit of each of those things every single day? Can you imagine living in a place where you never cease to produce these things? Never stop producing. This is the fresh fruit that you produce every season, like the message just said. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, 
gentleness. Oh, as a mama, I could have used this whole list every second of every day. Just, just take a minute and ponder that. If that's what Jeremiah 7 is teaching us, not only will we thrive in adversity, but our life will manifest an overabundance of love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and meekness and temperance. Can you imagine what that would feel like and how much it's needed in our world, not just in our parenting and with our spouse and with our coworkers, but just with all those that we interact with to be able to live in that kind of abundance is almost mind blowing, isn't it? Um, this is the hard thing that I've struggled with as I've, as I've gone through how I want to approach this episode. We could spend a whole episode just on what it looks like to have the fruit of his love. And, and for heaven's sakes, maybe I will do one of those soon here, um, to live in the fruit of joy. Again, we could do a whole episode on that. What would it look like for your life to be filled with joy continually, to be aware and conscious and very, um, immersed in his love? I just, again, one of the most beautiful gifts available through the the gift of Christ. But on in this episode, as beautiful as those are, I'm going to hone in on something else in the list because it does apply to what we've been talking about with our ability to give up disordered eating and to move to a place of peace with food and with our health and wellness. The last word on the list, did you see it? It's the word temperance. And that's not something we use very much in our modern day world, do we? We don't walk around saying the word temperate. I'm going to try to be temperate today. That That's just not a, a very hip concept for us. <laughs> but, 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 but like I keep doing, right? We got to look at the Greek translation of that. And if you look up the word that Paul originally used in this verse, the word temperance simply means self-control self-control. And so that right there, that idea I want to use just for a minute as the cornerstone of this episode. If we are promised in Jeremiah 17, that we are going to be like this green, lush, abundant tree with our roots into the river, um, adversity and stress doesn't affect us. And that we're going to continually produce fruit. What if I tell you the fruit that you will be able to continually produce is an unending source of self-control. What would that feel like? Isn't self-control the thing we're constantly battling to keep? It just feels like it's, it just eludes us, right? When it comes to food, when it comes to all kinds of personal issues where we're trying to make changes and we can feel like we have the self-control for a while, but it just, it just dissipates. And we think, what, what happened? I was doing so well. The fruit shrivels up on our branches, right? That's been our experience in the past. Not never ceasing, never ceasing to, to produce self-control. It was, it was shriveling up all the time and falling off of my tree. <laughs> I didn't have that fruit at all. Again, spurts of it. I, I think I often called it willpower. I like the word self-control better. It's just that ability to control those impulses, those, that appetite. I would just, I'd lose it. 
And I'd watch myself just completely go off the rails. <laughs> just for days, I'd watch myself just crash and burn so hard and just <laughs> binge or whatever and think, JC, stop. Why can't you stop? And I didn't know why I couldn't manifest that self-control in a way that it stayed. I didn't understand. But truthfully, now this goes back to Jeremiah. I, it finally dawned on me that the problem, when I was trying to deal with my appetite and my food issues, I was trying to rely on willpower. And see, if you look at Jeremiah 17, when it said, cursed is the man that trust, trusteth in man, I was trusting in my own strength. Maketh flesh his arm? It's because when I was trying to make changes in my diet, I was doing so through my own willpower, my own strength trying to trust in my own motivation and in pumping myself up and, and getting myself all, you know, like worked up to, to finally do it this time. But I was trusting in man. That's why I was cursed. That's why it kept ending up back in the desert because I wasn't trusting in the Lord in this thing. I wasn't relying on his strength to give up the binging. I, I was trying to do it on my own. And finally, that's why I went like light bulb moment. Oh, again, I thought I was a church girl, but in this thing, I wasn't relying on him at all. Now look back in Galatians. I'm flipping between the two, but in Galatians five, what does Paul say about this fruit? He says it is a fruit. What? Of the spirit. This is a fruit of the spirit. It's not a fruit of my own efforts to muster it up. Self-control does not come through the self. It's not possible. It's a gift from the Lord Jesus Christ himself through his spirit. And that's the only way to have it in a way that it doesn't cease. To have this fruit in our lives in a way that it's continually being produced from season to season is if it comes as a gift of the spirit. As we are falling on our knees and asking him for the gift of self-control. Yes, we're asking him for the other gifts of the, the fruit of the spirit, right? I want the whole list. So please, let's not think that, that just because we're talking about self-control, boy, I'm on my knees every day begging for this fruit. All of it, love, joy, peace, can continually manifesting itself in my life, producing this fresh fruit in every season. I want all of these things. But when it comes to our health and wellness journey, what would that be like to have unlimited self-control? I'll never forget the first day that I really noticed that it was beginning to happen. I, I was shifting. I was not relying on my own willpower anymore. I had given that up completely and I had fallen on my face before the Lord saying, okay, it's got to come from you or it won't come at all. I will live in the crash and burn place for the rest of my life unless you save me. And you empower me and you fill me with the self-control that comes from you as a gift from the spirit. And so I had been praying for this and asking for this um, very deliberately. And I'll never forget the day I walked into the kitchen one, um, one afternoon. And I, I think I had made some cookies or something. I can't remember. And I used to have absolutely no control over chocolate chip cookies. They were like my nemesis. I just could binge until I was sick. And even after I was sick, I'd keep binging. It just was terrible. Sorry. That's probably TMI, but I uh, walked in that kitchen and I remember thinking, I'm okay. I, I don't need those. There was just, the control was there. 
And I'll tell you what, there was no patting myself on the back, not at all, because I knew that wasn't me. I mean, I'd seen the opposite effect a thousand times. And so when I saw that control just there, it, it, it was mind blowing to me. I knew it wasn't me. I, I just, I began to praise and thank and glory in him for, because I could see where it was coming from. And it was the most, um, liberating feeling like this is what it's supposed to feel like. Like it was just being given to me. It's just being given to me. So I couldn't take any credit for it. It's not like I could get on Facebook and go, look how good I'm doing. I've lost all this weight. No, this was a whole different journey. This was a Christ empowered journey where suddenly the appetites that had controlled me, it, it just, it just wasn't. It reminds me of a story. It's an old movie. And in fact, it was made out of a book and I've watched it. It probably has been 10, 15 years. Forgive me. It was one of my kids, probably 10. My kids were teens, preteens. They were into the Percy Jackson books and had drugged me to the movie. And I was, it was a cute, it was a cute movie. It was great. But there was a scene that I just went, oh my gosh, that is, it's perfect example of what we're talking about. Percy, Percy um, finds out early on in his story that he's half man, half God. He's the son of Poseidon, the sea God. And he's taken to this camp where he's being trained on how to use his powers and, and access, which again, we are children of God. There's so many applications there. We too um, have divine um, beginnings and, and, and we are offspring of a God. But as he began to learn, he was, they took him in training to this, um, this like forest. They were out in the, the, the woods and they were having a game of capture the flag. And so Percy, <laughs> was like, all right, let's go. And so he was with all these other children of the, the gods. They were all demigods is what they called them. And they were all, but many of them had been at this camp a lot longer and understood how to play this game. So Percy dives in, like, I got this. And he starts fighting and trying to capture the flag and runs down and captures, captures it and thinks he's all that. And then, and then all of a sudden Annabeth shows up and I can't remember. I think, she, oh, she's the daughter of Athena, the goddess of war. And she's got her little cohort with her and she comes after Percy. And in about two seconds, she has him. She just kicks his trash. She just has him down for the count. She beats him up and takes the flag and takes off. And he is laying there wounded and bleeding and beaten and humiliated. And he hears the voice of Poseidon, his father, that says, Percy, go to the water. He's laying by a creek, and so he crawls his way over to this creek and slowly dips his hand down in the water. Now his father is the god of the water. And so immediately, you can see the power begin to flow up his arm, throughout his body, healing his wounds, binding up. All of them begin to disappear. He's healed completely. And not only that, Percy rises up in this scene filled with strength, just completely on fire with the power that he's just received from his father. And he goes back for, Methi with, for Athena and just takes her on and completely just takes her out, grabs the flag and rules the day. Like it's a whole different Percy. 
he's just victorious. And the scene ends with everyone cheering and he's got the flag and he has overcome. And what struck me that day was how often I've been the first Percy. I thought I could do it. I dove in with all these great intentions. Like, I got this. I can overcome. I can make changes. And then my Annabeth, my, my enemy showed up and took me out in about two seconds. And there I lay, wounded and bleeding. <laughs> like, what, what happened? I thought I was so strong. I thought I could do it. And, and it just he took me out again and again and again because I was relying on my own strength. But when I learned to go to the water, when I, when I learned to go to the source for the control and the power and the ability to overcome, when I learned to let that fill me as a gift of my sweet savior, when I began to understand what that felt like to have that self-control, fill me and empower me, my enemy was no longer able to crush me and to crash my intentions. I, I, was, I was able to overcome. There was victory for the first time in a way that it did not cease. This fruit did not cease. And here's the testimony that I can give that almost makes me emotional as I begin to say it. I, um, I've been free from my sugar addiction for 15 years. 15 years. And that is not anything that I will ever brag in of my own. Because I was captive to that addiction. I had tried to set myself free a million times. But I was like Percy every time. Just no way. It just, it mastered me until Christ came. And when he came and I joined hands with him, the fruit of self-control in terms of that addiction has not ceased in my life for 15 years. And it is all through him. I'll always give all credit to him. He's the only way. If I let go of his hand for a second, I know I'd be back in that place. But can you see the vision of what he's calling us to do? There is victory in these places in our lives. There is. But it has to come as we receive this fruit as a gift of the Spirit. The self-control will come in such abundance, it will be absolutely overwhelming. We'll be shocked. We'll be stunned. I have been to watch myself do things that I know I'm not capable of. <sighs> Never cease from yielding fruit. It's quite a concept, don't you think? Take the next few days Watch your life. Are you relying on your own willpower for self-control? Are you like Jeremiah 17 verse, uh, was it verse 7 that talked about relying on man and making flesh your arm? Are you trying to rely on your willpower, on your own motivation? Or are you beginning to learn what it means to trust in the fruit of the Spirit that comes through Christ, that as we ask and as we look to Him in faith, as we go to the water, and dip our hand in and let that living water travel up our arms and throughout our entire body and fill us as we grow close to him and learn to be empowered through him there's going to come a self-control maybe you don't deal with sugar addiction maybe it's an eating disorder maybe it's a negative body image whatever there's so many examples so many types of things that we struggle with 
But that ability to master that will come through him as we come to him. I know it because I've been living it for 15 years. I'm a walking, talking testimony of what can happen when we drop our roots deep into the living water and let it fill us. I hope you can spend your day rejoicing in that and looking at all the ways it can ripple into the rest of your life, right? Into the patience and self-control with your kids or your husband or your boss or the traffic or whatever with your ability to master everything you struggle with. This isn't just about food. It's about who he can make us as we begin to come to him. Enjoy the beauty of that thought this day. I'll be back with the next episode.